was your relationship with the scale before you had bariatric surgery? Has it changed since surgery or does it still make you feel anxious? Wayne, a member of my private Facebook group, steps up to openly share his story with the scale and his victories after surgery. You don't want to miss it coming up. Now available, try ProCare Health's three newest products at an amazing price. Get a bag of whey protein powder, a bag of our new multi-flavored mocktail calcium chews, and our new soft chew multivitamin, all for less than $75. Visit ProCareNow.com and enter Susan 10 to save even more. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 113. Let's cut through the nutrition and health hype so you have accurate nutrition information worthy of your time and all the effort that you're putting in. I want you to feel well every day. Get out there and do the things you want to do. This podcast is for you. I want to give a shout out today to Donna, who said, this was a very informative episode on plastic surgery. Thank you. Well, Donna, you're welcome. And thanks for letting me know what topics hit the mark. I really do appreciate it. Joining me today from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is Wayne Davis, who is a pastor and a homeschooled dad. I met Wayne through our private Facebook group. When I asked Wayne how he felt about sharing his weight loss journey on the podcast, he said to me, absolutely, I would love to tell my story. I struggled with telling people at first, but the more I thought about it, I decided to be open and honest. It's the only way to help people. So welcome, Wayne. Thank you for having an open heart to come on the podcast and offer hope to others by sharing your journey. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Well, we're going to have fun today, and I'm going to ask a lot of tough questions, so let's just get right with it. I would love you, Wayne, to just start off sharing your story, especially what the circumstances were that led you to consider surgery as an option. Well, you know, I grew up as a child, the poor education on diet, food, and things like that. Of course, um, growing up in rural Alabama, we, we didn't know about healthy food. <laughs> and um, in, in that, you grow up as an obese child. But then as I got to be an adult and um, totally owning what I did to my body myself, uh, ended up with type 2 diabetes. And uh, it's kind of the, you know, the trend. And when that happened, um, my body began to go through a series of failure, failures as it does. But then when I got in my 30s and 40s, as it would get worse, um, I got better control of it. I got control of the diet. I started doing the things I had to do as a diabetic and um, all the other stuff that came with it, like high blood pressure and things like that. But then when I was in my um, 40s, uh, right when COVID hit, the um, I went into DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis. And oh, my I, goodness. Yeah. And that was a medication I was on that um, helped me do that, unfortunately. Uh, I, did I you up, have to go through the, in the hospital? Were you in the well, hospital? I was in ICU for a while yeah. as they yeah. were trying to get it all regulated. Then yes. when I came out of ICU, um, that's when the COVID thing hit. So we had to like start recording services because of the shutdowns and we were offering services online and we started the YouTube channel and all that stuff. 
And so they changed my medication. They took me off all the meds that caused that. And then when I ended up um, getting on just tons and tons of insulin weight, like within three months, I gained 60 something pounds. And oh, I, I was at a decent weight. The sad thing was I was recording myself every week and I had never done that before. And the videos, I was basically documenting my constant weight gain and getting too big for my suits, getting too big for my shirts, getting too big for things. How, at home, recording myself and hiding my body in certain ways and setting up the camera so that I wouldn't be on display as much. And then when the church mm-hmm. opened back up, we went in and nobody had seen me for a year and I was like 80 pounds heavier. And I'd gotten up to 310 pounds. My, um, my, my, they had me on so much insulin. They're like, we can't give you any more insulin. And it, it was yeah. an insane amount. So that's when I said, what about weight loss surgery? And I started mm-hmm. looking into it and that issues. And I bet there are so many people listening right now who have a, a story similar in terms of diabetes and then diabetes getting out of control and then medications and then weight gains. I'm so glad you're sharing. It's, gosh, what you have been through, a hospitalization, ICU and back that led to this. And yet it does have, the surgery does has it have its own concerns. And what were you concerned about? My biggest one was failure. Um, I, I have known people that have done it and gained the weight back. And I, I learned by listening to you and listening to Dr. Connie Stapleton, um, basically not to worry so much. If you worry about gaining the weight, you will gain the weight back. You start focusing on, and I, I may be wrong. You can correct me. Of course, you're the expert. But I needed to focus on the things that I needed to do to succeed, not constantly dwelling on failure. Oh, I love that. Because why is it that we always think we're epic failures? Instead of seeing all the good things every single day that we're doing in life, we we chew on that one thing that we think makes us an epic failure. So yes, right there, what you're saying in that mindset of deciding to look at all of the good things is the beginning of success right there. I love that. So, so, so smart. Did as you when you decided to get ready for surgery or go for it, what was really difficult? What was difficult? What helped you? And how did you overcome those concerns to get ready for surgery? I think being a public person and having a congregation, uh, it was difficult because I'd hate, I'd had, you know, I, th- I really thought about not telling anybody. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be honest with it because there's people out there that need to see me go through it and understand and get rid of the stigma. Like, because I hear people say like, well, that's cheating. And I had people, congregation members who would send me YouTube videos of doctors telling me why I didn't need the surgery. And I understood better. But the problem was I had been I had lost weight. I had done better. The medication for me became a thing. I know a lot of it is psychological. And I mean, I have gone through a lot of self-evaluation and psychological things that came out of this as your body starts to change, as you make the decision to have the surgery. But the biggest was being public and being afraid that I'd lose a little and gain it all back. And everybody would know, you know, and I. Right. And then every. And then everyone would have a comment to make, which you didn't need to hear, right? (laughs) And it it puts you in a spiral and it makes you go down deeper. Yeah. Agree. And so glad that you did not. And that's what I want to talk more about because I know all of our community is going, 
how did you keep yourself from going down deeper? So as we go into this, you decided to have surgery. You had surgery, which has been about, what, a year and a half ago now? No, it's only been about 10 months. About 10 months. Okay. So right after your surgery, let's back up to that. You made the decision. Yes. You decided to have it and to let people know you were doing it, which I so admire you for, especially being a public person with a congregation and out in the community. They were going to see the change anyway. Right, and being right. so transparent, I think is awesome. What you had surgery, what were some of the toughest moments or then the toughest issues that you faced before and after actually? Actually, before was the hardest because um, through my insurance, and I think this everybody should have to do this. I had to do a year of weigh-ins. I had to do a psychological evaluation. I had to do several things like, like a lot of people do. And that was good. Everybody should do a psychological evaluation with it. So you can see that you're honest with yourself. And you're honest about answering those questions. That really helps. And, but it was the waiting, the anticipating and the waiting and the waiting. And you feel like it's never going to come. But it does. It happens fast, faster than you realize. And then next thing you know, you're a year out, you know, after it. That was the hardest part. Then having the surgery, wasn't I had a great surgeon, a great hospital. Everybody did a wonderful job. They'd follow up well, do the blood tests. Um, the big thing right now is getting enough water, getting enough protein. And that's something I learned from you. I had to learn, get the protein first. Eat yeah, the protein uh-huh. first, you know. And I hear, I, hear your, I hear that Tennessee twang every time in my head when I go, <laughs> when I go to eat. I, I got to get that protein first. So Yes, I admit it. I am a born and raised Tennessee girl. And no matter how much radio I do, that little bit of Tennessee twang does go right along with me. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't have any. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good thing you don't have an no, accent, right? No. Okay. <laughs> so... The toughest things, I'm, I want to hit what I think is hard for many people, okay. and that is the dreaded scale. So let's talk, you had to do a, a year of weighing, and that's already like anxiety every time you have to get on the scale, then right. you have surgery, and there it is, the scale. Talk about your relationship with the scale during this entire process from before that year of preparing up until now? Well, when I started weighing in each week with them, um, I, the scale never moved. And sometimes it went up and it moved a little bit. I lost like 10 pounds doing their big time diet. And so it was because I was on so much insulin, it was just about impossible for me to lose. And uh, But after that, I noticed after the surgery and you get home and you, you're walking every day and you're getting your liquids and you start weighing, and you can obsess. Now, this is just my opinion. I was starting to obsess over the scale. And I know a lot of people say I weigh all the time so that I'll stay accountable to myself. And I think that's great. We need to have accountability. But for me, I was obsessing over the scale so much. I just kind of I just started weighing like once every two weeks at first then mm-hmm. once a month and clothing. Because sometimes, I mean, the scale might be a little heavier and you, it, it ruins your whole day. Just because you Agreed. got some body, I mean, you got some liquid, you got some water weight going on. And the next day it might be lighter. So I just went by clothing. I set standards. I hung certain clothes I wanted to get in and said, this is my goal. And I'd get in those and then get past them. You know, I appreciated your episode about that, you know, what to do about clothing because 
you know, it, it gets expensive and start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because your body's changing and changing, which is a wonderful thing. But along with that, you have a lot of other things to deal with and money and clothes, right. you know, can be, can be a big one. I love that you made the decision that you knew, Hey, I'm obsessing here because I think many times the victory gets focused on the scale. And then you become the epic failure when that victory is not there. And there are so many non-scale victories that this surgery is all about, that moving that to every week or two weeks and every month is very, very smart. And then starting to use your clothing and how it fits as a determinant of what's happening. Did you see any disconnect by the disconnect? I mean, in your mind between what you thought you were seeing in the mirror and yet what your clothes or the scale, uh, what they were telling you. That has to be the hardest because I'd look in the mirror and I'd go, I I must be gaining weight back. Look at me. I I look like I always looked. I I didn't see any difference. And, but then I would put on these clothes that didn't fit. Now they fit. And I go, well, this is a psychological thing. It has to be every time. So, but what showed me it was psychological for me was when I would accidentally walk by a mirror and see myself and not know it was me. Because every time I went intentionally, now as a man, it's hard to say these things because, you know, we don't, we don't get into stuff like that. You know, we don't get emotional. We don't get But yes, it, but you are. This is wonderful. And, and you walk by, and you go, who's that? And you, you know, like if you're walking in a store and you see mm-hmm. reflection, you don't realize it's you and you see this thinner person, you know, and sometimes a skinny person standing there and you realize, oh, that's me. And you don't have a clue when you look at yourself at home. You just don't have a clue about it. And I don't know what that if it's a dysphoria, if it's some, I don't know what it is mentally. But it is a big factor. And that has been because when you, you feel like, oh, I'm, it just it can wreck your day. You know, and it can set you back and put you in old habits if you're not careful. Agreed. And now this uh, many months, 10 months down the road, is that disconnect as strong as it was, Wayne? No, it's not because I know it's there. I'm able to work through it because mentally I have I have kind of worked through that psychological stuff to go, hey, you know, this isn't truth and I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to accept what is truth. And not what my, I love that. my mind thinks. Yeah. Right. I, I think this is a great topic. I'm going to ask Dr. Connie about it, about this disconnect in the mirror uh, and the scale. I think that from the psychological standpoint, I think we'll have to discuss that when, <laughs> come, I'll, coming up. I look up. forward to that one. So your position as a pastor makes you up front and center with your congregation and the community. Plus, as a homeschool dad, your children have seen your transformation. So in the beginning, people were sending you YouTube things. Oh, this is don't have this do have this. What's the feedback now as you've gone through this and 10 months down the road from your congregation and your kids? Um, My children, I think the hardest thing for some, like for my wife, my mother and others, is I'm losing weight. You know, they start thinking about their weight more. And that, that can be hard for other people. And especially some people aren't going to celebrate with you. Now, my family does. My family's awesome. My kids look at it and they go, wow, we've never had a skinny daddy, you know, and uh, they're like, we can hug you all the way around now. You know, they're they're awesome with it. And my wife has been awesome and supportive as well. 
Um, but not everybody's going to be your your cheerleader. Some people are going to uh, have an issue with you losing. Yes, they are. And you and lose. an issue with who you become. Yes, and with you, that weight loss you'll change, lose, you'll lose a couple of friends. And the divorce rate is extremely high. I dug into that because I wanted to protect my marriage, but um, and make sure you know I don't know why the divorce rate's so high amongst people that do this, but it is, and um, that's an issue. But looking in, into all of it. I think I was surprised at the people that were my cheerleader and said, man, you've done a lot of hard work to get where you are. And it is not cheating. Like some people say it is hard work. I mean, Oh my goodness. It is not cheating at all. It is hard, hard ongoing work. So when somebody says that you just have to smile and, you know, go on because you know, again, the truth. Right. Right. It isn't, it isn't the easy way out at all. And if you go through, discussing it, you start realizing it is hard. But for me, with all the medication and stuff, there just wasn't another option. You know, cutting out calories wasn't working, things like that. So now that you're almost getting close to a year down the road, let's talk about your biggest wins, your many non-scale victories. So one I'm thinking about is where's your diabetes now? Okay. I'm still on some insulin. But I'm on so much less. Um, they told me the surgeon, when she looked and said, wow, the amount of insulin you're on, like three different kinds and all these other types of things. My pancreas just was shot. I don't know. But so I'm still on some insulin, but not as much. Um, that's nice. Um, that's fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. And because um, the, the insulin concerns me about weight gain and things like that. Uh, I've, I've been able to do things like, Basically, I could come off the CPAP. I was on that, um, but I kind of like it now. So I was on, you know, I got it down really low. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone every thirty pounds. They went down like three numbers. I ha- my CPAP. That's wonderful. Was so, my CPAP was so high I could blow leaves with it. You know, that thing. Was so <laughs> it was Take crazy. it out in the yard and let oh. it do its work. Hey? Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Things like that. But think about that. That's huge. Those are huge wins. Significant cut in insulin. That means less work on your pancreas, less uh, other kinds of health issues coming up, and better sleep, which makes for better health and better days. Absolutely. Those are fabulous non-scale victories. So what challenges do you still face that you want to conquer? I think the biggest one is... I don't want to be one of those people that goes around saying, oh, I've got this. I know. And I'm not going to ever gain the weight back. I'll never go back because I'm still a rookie at this. I love to hear from the people that's two, three, four years out that kept the weight off. I want to know how they did it. I don't want to be one because, you know, I've only been into this 10 months. And I know that I've heard after about three years, you know, this thing kind of changes. So I, I'm, I'm concerned about the long term maintaining weight loss, trying to keep the protein up because I've been lifting weights and doing all this stuff. So I think that's still my biggest. It's still in the back of my mind, even though I'm saying that, oh, I don't want to get caught up in that. I don't want to be focused too much on gaining the weight back. But that is a beast I have to slay every day. Sure. And and I think that's truth for people to hear that this is real. But I also believe that the focus that you have made on these new routines and on 
dealing with the psychological end of things and changing the way you eat, as those become more and more a part of who Wayne is, that's going to keep you healthy and where you want to go because that's who you are now. That's the way you live. It's the way you eat. It's the way you sleep. So that becomes you. And I think as time goes on and you continue to keep those front of mind, they just become a natural part of your day. When you said that's who you are now, that really resonated with me because we see ourselves as we used to be. And I think that's awesome to, you just changed my perspective. You know, that's who you are now. I think a lot of people listening need to accept that so that we don't think the way we used to think. Right. This is who you are now. We're not going back. We can't change yesterday. You know, we tend to spend too much time ruminating on coulda, woulda, shoulda. And we need to let those things go and say, this is who I am now. This is my future. I've chosen this surgery. I've chosen to be successful. And yeah, I'm going to have days that absolutely stink. But those can be fewer and fewer as you go on and as you become who you are now and you work to make it that way. And that's what you're doing and you're doing it very successfully. So as we wrap up and you look back on your surgery, look back on the success that you've had, what's the number one thought you want to leave us with? Get a support group around you, you know, get people that love you, go through this with them. Um, my wife was the greatest support that I had through all this. And of course my whole family. And I think really being open and honest, but no, not everybody's going to receive it. And there's going to be people that's going to discourage you. Hey, you got to do what you got to do for your health and get where you need to be. And don't let it discourage you. And a lot of them will come around to it. A lot of them will, but be willing to let some people go out of your life if that's what it takes to get yourself healthy. I love it. Do what you got to do. You heard Wayne say it. Thank you, Wayne. Your willingness to open up and, and really share the tough stuff is going to help and empower so many of in our community. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And by the way, Wayne's YouTube channel, that information will be in the show notes if you want to go back and hear it or take a look at it. So I want you to have a great week. Remember what Wayne just said. Do what you have to do. Take care of you. You're worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.